0: Welcome back, to,
1: sorry, I'm sorry, All right. Welcome back to Blacker College
0: Radio. My name is Thomas Carroll. And I'm Dylan Amara, and you're listening to another guest and request show. We're delighted to have us with today, Dave Run.
1: Dave's a former actor, teacher, and author of a war-winning winning book, Knights of the Barrow of Dark Trilogy.
0: Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you for joining us. Firstly, nice we'd,
1: like first, we'd like to talk about early life and school days. Um, would you mind telling tell us a bit about where you went to school and what type of experience did you have while attending the school?
2: Sure, yeah. So I am from a tiny little village in Cavan, and uh, I was very shy growing up, which you might not believe if you'd ever seen any of my events. I tend to be very loud. I'm basically a giant orange yeti who yells about books in various schools around the country. Uh, but when I was growing up, I was really shy, and books were kind of my way of connecting with the outside world I guess I'd have a lot of friends and I sort of like dove into books as a kind of a method of escape um, which if you've been to West Calvin you can totally understand and it was only when I graduated and got into St. Patrick's College in Drumcondra which I went to because I was sort of didn't have any ideas as to what I wanted to be. So I was like, well, my dad's a teacher and I like books. So I guess I'll be an English teacher, which um, I know people like to think that uh, adults put more thought into their choices than that. But I was like, no, I'll, I'll go and become a teacher. That was when I kind of discovered writing. And that was a huge kind of sea change for me then.
1: And uh, did you have any influential teachers while you were in the school?
2: I had certainly many influential teachers as cautionary tales as what not to do if that makes sense. Um, my English teacher, who I ended up working with and teaching beside years later, um, was this incredible praying mantis of a woman um, who was very, very cold and very, very sharp and uh, hated children and English, I think. So She used to just stay in like dead silence in her room for all of English class, which is when I got time to read all the books I kind of enjoyed. So yeah, I mean, my, my dad's a teacher, and he's been very influential on me for, both for his teaching style, which is something I bring to the workshops I do, and my sort of way of dealing with um, large rooms of teenagers in general. He's a woodwork teacher, and I think, do you guys do woodwork? In uh, I mean, Yeah, it's technology. a subject. Yeah. 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 And like, is it? I don't know if this is true. I have this impression, because I visit a lot of schools, that every woodwork teacher is basically the same, that they're all sort of like bearded. Yeah. Uh, jumper wearing. Uh, I don't know if this is true for Black Rock College. Um, it's certainly true yeah, it's for a lot of
1: us here. Yeah, it. it's pretty much what it, that's what it's like here.
2: Yeah, it's there's a certain like they're they're all very cle- clearly kind of from the yeah. same genre. Uh but Dad was very into. Um, he was always like, never hold a grudge with a student. Like you know, give out if you have to, but always like, you're not there to be their friend, but you're not there to be to be a jerk to them either. And was very into completely obsessed with his craft and that's something that like even though i'm not a great woodworker certainly with english and with writing i became really obsessed with just the craft of it and tried to bring across my love of english to the students that i used to teach uh, which is what dad did with woodworking and stuff so he would have been very influential i think
1: and uh, when you were younger did you have an interest in writing or is that something that came later in life I had a real interest in
2: writing in school because it was the only thing in school I was good at. Like definitely whenever we were asked to write a short story, I'm sure a lot of students go, oh no. Whereas I was like, oh, this is the one thing that I can do. And it must have been really annoying even to the teachers because I'd hand in like five pages when two pages would have done. And I was really into it. I, The books that I loved, Uh, really made me want to try and tell my own stories because I was amazed that I could sit down and read something and it would feel more real to me than the world itself. And like, I loved the thought that I could maybe do that for other people, but I guess growing up, I had no idea how you became a writer. You know, you find the books fully formed on the shelf, you find the writers already like really popular or really famous, I had no idea how you got from me, an awkward 13 year old who liked stories about dragons to those people. And so it wasn't until i got to dublin and i sort of got involved with the spoken word and poetry and writing scene in dublin that i found people who were kind of the halfway point there were people who hadn't written books yet but certainly wrote things and read them out at events or entered competitions and and entered got their things published in newspapers and journals and so they kind of it's almost like a stepping stone basically i could look at what they did and so that was when i started entering short story competitions and writing poetry and going to open mic events and telling stories. And all of that sort of let me sort of train those muscles to the point where I could try writing my first book.
1: And uh, when you were younger, would there be many book, uh, books around you in your house?
2: Yeah, I mean, neither one of my parents are big readers, but I think they recognized from an early age, the only way to shut me up was to give me loads of books. So Growing up, I had like library cards from like four different libraries. Like, we would bounce between these different libraries and I would read everything. And I mean, like, everything. I would run out of all the books that I thought were good and then I would just read everything else. I have read more Sweet Valley High books than really a grown man should have read. Um, and like, I would fill up my card and I would fill up my dad's card and my mom's card and my brother and sister's cards and just hoover up books. So, like, apparently there are studies that like if you live in a house with books even if like you're not reading them that does contribute to like success and to happiness and being surrounded with something we try and do with them um, i have a little baby sam who's just turning a year today actually so uh we try and surround him with books as much as possible even though he mostly wants to chew on them but um yeah it was i had a very sort of like book lined childhood basically
1: and uh, what type of books did you enjoy like what genre if you were to pick one
2: anything murdery anything like horror or sci-fi or fantasy anything that had weird worlds and heroes and villains and life or death situations and betrayals and famous last stands i because i just read everything uh, i certainly read stuff that i maybe wasn't the right age for it's funny I, like dune has obviously just come out in cinemas mm-hmm. i was given dune when i was like eight and I got about three pages in and I was like I don't know what's going on but sand worms are cool uh I read like Dracula when I was really young and had a lot of questions mostly about bodices I had um I read a lot of Stephen King like I know people talk a lot about what teenagers should be allowed read and I just read everything and I turned out okay <laughs> I think so uh yeah like Anything that was dark and weird, with like a little bit of humor as well, I think was always my favorite.
1: Okay, we are now going to play one of Dave's songs of choice, Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Is there any specific reason you chose the song, Dave? Yes,
2: yeah, so uh, obviously, as I said, I was very shy all the way through primary school and secondary school. But when I got to Dublin and went to the to, to teaching college in Drumcondra, it almost felt like a fresh start. Like everyone at home knew me as this, this this shy nerd, essentially. But when I got to Dublin, I found people who were very like me, and I sort of had like a group of friends, kind of for the first time in my life, who we were all really close. And one of the things they got me into was was classic rock. Like I had listened to. There's a few other songs on the on the list today that like were kind of my music taste. A lot of pop punk and things like that. But I got it because of a couple of people's influence. I got into things like the Rolling Stones. And to me, Gimme Shelter, even though the lyrics are quite dark, for me, Gimme Shelter just exemplifies that feeling of freedom and that feeling of finally being your own person and being out of home and in a brand new city and having all of this uh, opportunity in front of you. So that's why it's like one of my five most important songs.
1: That was Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones.
0: Uh, so now Dave, we're going to go into talking about your early 20s and your college life. Cool. Uh, firstly, did you go to college? And if so, what course did you do?
2: Yeah, so um, I went to St. Patrick's College in Dumb Chandra. I studied English and History because I had the vague notion I would become a teacher uh, like my dad. And it was in college that I got into drama, uh, both <laughs> literally and figuratively. I joined the Drama Society in college and sort of discovered through drama and through acting a new way to be confident and a new way to 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 be creative and sort of kind of almost had a second kind of teenage years where like I got to like run around Dublin and get into all sorts of trouble and it was college was like I didn't go to a lot of lectures but uh, college was very educational and very formative in other ways
0: yeah Uh, so during your college years did you always want to become an author or was it other areas you wanted to pursue instead? Yeah, so so
2: I I think the teaching idea lasted for about half a semester. And then I got into acting and I thought a lot about becoming an actor. But it was through the sort of putting on different shows with the with the Drama Society that I started writing my own stuff. And that really became my all consuming like goal probably from about the end of first year of college, was to get into writing my own stories. And I wrote plays that got put on by the Drama Society and I read monologues at events. And that's when I started sort of started to enter competitions and things like that. And sort of nobody like goes from zero to writing novels. Like there's always a period of training and a period of of learning that, that that you go through before you start properly writing books, and so for me that was short stories and poetry and flash fiction and things like that.
0: Yeah. So did you enjoy your college years? And is there any experience you took away from it and remember to this day?
2: Yeah, I, I really, I really did enjoy them. I think the thing that I learned from college was that when I was at home and when I was like, I don't know I was shy in school and I was getting bullied a lot and things like that, I really thought that's all there was and I really thought that like everything that was happening in this small village was kind of the sum total of everything that was going to happen to me for the rest of my life and then I got to Dublin and I realised that wow none of that stuff matters and Dublin was a whole fresh start and it sort of helped me to realise that you can be going through a tough time but there will be a point whether it's college or whether it's after college that you get to get free of that and surround yourself by people who are maybe better for you. And so college really taught me a hugely important part of your life is being pretty selective about the people that you hang out with and making sure that everyone you hang out with is additive to you and makes you feel happier. Like if you're hanging out with somebody and they make you feel bad about yourself, fire them and find somebody better, you know? So that was, -hmm. that was I think college was really useful for.
0: Okay, so we're now gonna play Totten by Hans Zimmer before we play the song, can you tell us a bit about why you picked it?
2: Yeah, so for me, in terms of writing, I I have to write to music. Every writer has a different way of approaching things. Uh, I love having music on in the background when i write and i usually try and match the music to the scene so i know in my second book uh, my second nights of the bar dark book i was writing in a very depressing scene and i actually polled my friends on social media and was like give me your most depressing song and i have a playlist an absolutely weaponized playlist of pure misery that's 150 of the most depressing songs across multiple genres that i only ever listen to when i need to be very sad for writing But one thing I particularly gravitate towards is movie soundtracks, and particularly movie soundtracks that don't have lyrics because they're not as distracting. So Hans Zimmer, who would have um, done the music for pretty much all the DC movies, Pirates of the Caribbean, and also Inception. He does all of Christopher Nolan's stuff. He is like my go-to just for moody, intense, dramatic scenes. And this song, which is the final song from the Inception soundtrack, is just has it all in terms of like big, dramatic music and like soft, quiet moments, I just I think it's great.
0: Uh, that was time, my hands in
1: it. Uh, now we're gonna be talking about the process of becoming a writer. Uh, was writing a hobby before you decided to pursue it as a career?
2: Yeah, it was something that I, I definitely dabbled with a lot in school, and I also wrote a lot of fan fiction because I'm a big nerd, and I think fan fiction is a really great way of practicing writing because people think of writing as like one job but actually writing is loads of jobs it's character and setting and plot and editing and dialogue and with fan fiction some of those are kind of done for you in terms of like world building or in terms of character so I was big into fan fiction that was my kind of hobby and then I was like no if I'm going to do this if this is going to be my job uh, I should get serious about it and that's when I started writing my own original work. Although it's funny, now I write Doctor Who books for the BBC, so technically I do write fan fiction, but it's paid fan fiction, so it's different.
1: Uh, Did you find it difficult to find a publisher to publish your first book?
2: Um, I don't know if this is a helpful thing to say, but no. Um, So basically the, the route that I went is that I studied the Creative Writing Masters in UCD, and as part of that Masters, you're supposed to write the first chapter of a novel. So I wrote the first chapter of Nights of the Borrowed Dark and I just kept writing it for the it's it's for the first time in my life I felt that I was like really onto something It felt really like it felt like the kind of book I would have wanted to read as a teenager and what I did when it was finished was I did a whole edit of the book and made sure it was as good as possible and then I sent it to an agent and an agent is kind of a must get if you want to be an author they sort of manage you and they get your book into the right hands and they try and get you a a good deal, and then in return they get a percentage of that deal. So they're sort of motivated to get you the best possible deal because then they get a really good deal. So my agent, uh, a lovely woman called Claire, she took the book out on submission. And the benefit of having an agent is I wouldn't know who to send my book to in publishing. Like there's so many different publishers. I don't know who's good and who isn't. Whereas it's her job to know. So she can like cut through all of the, red tape and go straight for the right people so um she went to a few different places and we were lucky enough that we got an offer in eight hours and then she argued with them for two weeks over how much I should get and then finally in two weeks they came back and like picked it up which is really nice uh it was actually on my birthday it was um and I was so broke I was in a two euro shop at the time with my with my girlfriend at the time and we were like we'd like put together all of our pennies and we were trying to decide between getting the 50 cent dust flavored soup or the one euro fancy soup and then i got the phone call and they're like puffin what your book and i was like oh, okay great get the one euro soup uh and i tasted like victory it was pretty great
1: and uh would nights at the bar dark have been your first book you wrote or was it just the first one that was kind of like a big break for you that's a great question
2: uh, because I think every author has, myself included, have a few false starts in the uh, in the drawer. It was the first novel that I finished. I had made a couple of small attempts at writing books before, but never got more than a couple of chapters in. Whereas with Nights of the Borrowed Dark, because I was studying writing and because I had made like a little writers group around myself, which I think is a really useful thing to do if you want to be a writer, is find people. Who also want to be writers and and hang hang together, uh, but yeah. So nice was the first book that I finished, and the first book my I second drafted, and it was sort of. It, I feel, it feel I feel like it was my first book.
1: We are now going to play "Senator Life by Jape. Is there any reason you chose the song? Yeah. So um,
2: this song is aside from Jape being one of my favorite bands. Uh, one thing with about writing is that you, you should always try and put yourself out there. And you should always kind of take chances and even if you don't know you can do something i've often found it's valuable to just go okay and learn by doing so with this song in particular uh, i have a piece that was part of an anthology that i cannot remember the name of uh, years and years and years ago but i read it at an event and a guy came up to me after the event and was like i really like that short story that you wrote um have you ever written music videos and I was like no and he was like can you write music videos and I went sure and he went okay well basically I work with a band called Shape, and they have a song called Seance of Light and uh, I think they'd really like the story of this short story to be the video for the song and so we worked together and we wrote a script and I got filmed and I actually appear in the music video very briefly uh so it's just one of those like chances and opportunities can find you anywhere as long as you put yourself out there so that's why this song is kind of special for me
0: that was sent us life by jake uh, dave i'd like to ask you about what it's like to be a rider we all know what okay. it's like uh, we all know what the finished product looks like but what happens behind the scenes could you describe to us your daily routine do you start early in the morning or do you prefer to ride at night
2: so Okay, I'll tell you my daily routine before I had a child, and then I'll t- then I'll tell you my daily routine now because they're very different. Uh, originally, so I write full time. That's my full time job, and that is really great because it affords me a lot of freedom. So on a day that I'm writing, I will get up, kind like I do. Treat it like a job. I get up at nine. Uh, I'm at my desk by ten. I have to sort of not let myself look at emails because you just get sucked into answering 150 emails by doing school gigs or whatever so i try and do a thousand words a day on the days that i'm writing which is about five days a week and that to me is it's about three or four pages it's a chunky enough amount it's about half a chapter and it's to me that feels like progress now I might do those thousand words all in one go or I might do them spread out over five or six hours or I might do a bit in the morning or a bit in the evening what matters to me is the word count not the time spent because I do a lot of events either online or or in person and often I'll be writing on trains or I'll be writing on my phone in between gigs and so there are days where I can't spend loads of time at my desk but if I have that word count as long as I hit that word count I feel like I'm making progress and you know in between that I'll be doing research or I'll be doing business calls or I'll be running around doing other bits and pieces um but I find it's best to set yourself like a a word count goal and I worked my way up to a thousand words a day um I would never tell anyone to start at that because you need to kind of build your stamina up basically but like I tell people to start maybe with like a couple of A4 pages a week and then when that becomes easy, build up and build up and build up, you will soon get really addicted to the feeling of hitting your word count again and again and again. Uh, of course, now that I have a child, uh, like I'm writing at four o'clock in the morning, I'm writing at like 2pm, I'm like writing one handed as as, as as Sam like really diligently punches me in the side of the head. Um, it is having a ch- like having a kid is like a really ex- exciting and wonderful experience but it plays merry havoc with your chances of getting anything done.
0: Uh, so what's your writer's space like then? Um
2: so my rider space um I don't know if I can like I mean I can like pan my camera around. I don't know if this this is probably an audio yeah. podcast that's not going to be much good for the people at home. Um but so essentially, uh, I, I love PC gaming. I I, yeah. I I actually stream on Twitch at Dave Dies a lot, uh, because I do. And so I have, like, quite a large, ridiculous Battle Station esque computer that my friend kind of custom built for me, uh, which glows, like... I've got my RGB going on. I've got, like, it glows red at the bottom. And I was like, Adam, why does it glow red? And he's like, for style. I was like, okay. I was like, does it do anything? He's like, no. Uh, I have a really nice, like, ultra-wide... Green. That's like wall mounted, so I can have like four or five documents open at a time. Um, beside that desk, I have a second desk, which is um, I paint a lot of like Warhammer miniatures and uh, board game miniatures. So I have like my airbrush and all my paints and various bits and pieces. I'm lucky enough that we have space in our house for both myself and my wife to have offices. So I have a huge whiteboard, like one of those big conspiracy meme theory-esque whiteboards on the wall that I can make notes on uh, for the plots of my books or remembering to buy milk or other important things. I have like five five people's worth of books, which for various things like research and also just because I like to read. Um, What else do I have? The, the book that I'm writing at the minute is a sort of Irish history meets necromancy-esque fantasy game of thrones kind of novel so i'm doing a lot of research for that because my previous books are kind of set in modern ireland so they don't require that much research so i have a lot of research books i have um different bits of art my fans have sent me yeah it's 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 kind of where i want it i have other things that i want to fiddle with it but it's a nice it's a nice comfortable space i think everyone needs a good writer space if they can get it
0: yeah uh so do you ever suffer with writer's block or is that something that doesn't occur with you
2: No, Writer's Block is forever. Writer's Block never goes away. Like It is is eternal and terrible as the sea. Uh, With Writer's Block, I think the only thing experience teaches you is that you're not surprised when it shows up. So there will be days where I sit down and I'm like, it's not a writer day. The words aren't coming. I don't know what to do. My fingers don't work. And on those days, I'll try and find something else to do that is productive. So I'll do some research or I will... Uh, i'll play video games and take notes of their stories and tell myself that's work um in the short term i think writer's block is your brain telling yourself that you need a little break um the thing is you have to make sure it's only a small break because the longer you leave writer's block the worse it gets so i will maybe take the morning off but i will force myself to go back in the evening and i will get some words down because often even if you write just a crappy version of the next scene, at least you've gone by the writer's block point, and you can always go back and fix it later. So, while it's fun being a full-time professional writer, it also means you can't treat writer's block like a, like a, like a real thing. You have to get by it because you've got deadlines.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you find yourself dreaming about ideas for books, and do you write those ideas down at night?
2: Yeah, I, it's, it's really frustrating because, um, but I don't sleep anymore because I have a baby, but like, um, I do keep my notes app on my phone open because often when you've done everything you need to do in the day and you're finally lying down and trying to close your eyes, that's when your brain is like, ah, what about murder? What about this? What about dragons? And so I will keep those notes down. Like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't drive, I walk everywhere, which is useful for sort of like thinking time for writing as well. Um, I mostly have to get buses and trains everywhere, which is useful for sort of daydreaming time. It is probably equally important to make time for thinking and make time for playing out different scenes in your head as it is for actually writing so I try and I try and do make time for that
0: okay it 's time for your next song Dave you cho- you chose my love to- took me down to the river by little green cars. How come you chose a song
2: so uh, I have a love of Dramatic songs, as as you could probably tell from the previous ones I've chosen, and this song is this weird, creepy, spooky country music kind of chorusy kind of thing, like like Mumford and Sons came back as zombies essentially, and uh, because I like listen to music a lot when I write, uh, I have huge playlists of songs that evoke certain feelings or emotions, and particularly like I don't sing and I have no talent for like writing music, but I'm so impressed by songs that tell stories. So things like um, The National or The Decemberists, or Little Green Cars, even though their albums might not have like a conventional kind of story, it feels like each song is packed full of a story in itself. And this song just feels like it's telling a really weird, eerie story, so I kind of love it.
0: Okay, that's my love, Talk Me Down to the River by Little Green Cars.
1: Now we're going to be talking about your plans for the future, Dave. Up to this point in your and life, you've had great success in your career as a writer. Do you have any thoughts or plans on what you'd like to do when you finish your time as a writer?
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, like, when I finish my time as a writer, um, that sounds very ominous. That's like, okay, <laughs> you've, you've hit 40, you now you've stopped. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, I mean, like, myself and my wife talk a lot about that. A lot about that. It's like, you know, are you going to retire? now? Are you going to retire? No. Like, writing is something... I do for fun as well as for work. So I think I'll probably always write. I do have, and I think this is a useful thing to have if you want to be a writer. I do have a hit list. I have things I want to do um, because writing is kind of non linear in the same way that, like, there are lots of linear careers out there, like, you know, like, like, like being a doctor or things like that, where they're difficult, but there's sort of a path on which you go. Whereas with writing, I have like a list of things like I've written Doctor Who books, I'd love to write an episode of Doctor Who, uh, I just found out that um, the new slash old showrunner Russell T Davies has asked for a copy of my latest book which is really exciting, I uh, hope he likes it. <laughs> um, I would love to write like a Marvel movie or get to write my own Marvel miniseries. Uh, I would love to write my my own animated series like Gravity Falls or Steven Universe. I Would love to write more theater. I've got a hundred books that I want to write. Uh, Yeah, so I sort of have a checklist that I like to work my way through. Like, I'll have meetings with my agent and we'll talk about sort of the the various projects and um, kind of see where things go. So basically, I'm gonna write forever. You're never gonna get rid of me.
1: So would you ever think about returning to teaching and acting or is that just out the window?
2: Uh, (laughs) So, look, teaching, I enjoyed teaching a lot. And I think that like, teachings a really good career to go into if you want to write for young people, because it gives you such great time with them and respect for them. And I do obviously I visit schools a lot. So my teaching comes into that and my acting does as well because it helps with the voice projection. Although it's funny, I'm such a big jolly nerd that like when I do have to break out the former Leaving Sir teacher voice kids are always like, Oh, Jesus. Uh, so it's, it's useful to have those skills, but I can't see myself go and pack into a classroom to talk about grammar, any type of secret, if that makes sense. I'll talk about the bits I want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Uh, is there anywhere you'd love to visit or travel when you no longer have the stress of, be, of writing?
2: Um, well, I carry the stress of right like, That's my online baggage uh, all the time, is, my, is the stress of writing. I think uh, one thing I'm very excited about is I am teaching for a week in a remote hotel in Iceland, in... Uh, in January with a bunch of American college students. So that is gonna be really fun because we're gonna be in the middle of nowhere. I hate warm weather. Uh, I'm built like a walrus, so I like it to be really cold. So we're just gonna be in this like hotel, covered in snow and ice, telling each other creepy stories. I'm excited for that. Uh, Other places I'd like to go, uh, New York is probably one of my favorite places on earth. I'd love to go back to there. Um, I've always wanted to do a proper American road trip, like go to like a small, diner in nebraska and have a large woman called diane pour me a cup of really horrible coffee like all the little small americana stuff so things like that basically
1: and dave if you were to retire today and look back on your great career as an author teacher and actor would there be anything you would change or any regrets
0: oh that's a good
2: question um what is there stuff i regret um yeah i mean there are i've definitely made like mistakes and there are definitely things that i would i think i'd be and this is part of the reason that i teach i teach writing so much is because i was so hard on myself when writing the first book i like agonized over every line trying to make the first draft perfect and now i know that your first draft is just your first draft like you're just telling the story to yourself so i try and maybe go back in time and tell myself to to not agonize over every comma, like just write a a really rushed version, go back and fix it, go back and fix it. I think I'd probably, but I think that like, I don't know, I watch too many time travel shows to to think about regrets too much. You kind of are the person you are because of the good and the bad choices you've made leading up to now. So even though like there's certainly parts of my teenage years, I would not like to revisit because they were very horrible. uh, I I don't know if I wish them away solely because they made me who I am today.
1: And in five years' time, do you still see yourself riding or like maybe a bit less riding and travelling or what do you see yourself doing?
2: I in five okay, five years, twenty twenty six, I see myself by that stage I think I would like to get more. I've done a bit of T V writing. Um I once wrote a TV show, a Finnish TV show about penguins who wear hats for two year olds called Harry and Bip. Um I would I'd like to do more TV writing. I'd like to be more to that um there's a, we're working on a night's tv show i would like to see that be a little bit further along um i think i'd like to be maybe doing fewer gigs but bigger gigs i think that would be that would be nice the most amount of teenagers i've ever spoken to at once aside from tv stuff is um i once spoke to 1500 teenagers in malta at the same time which is a lot of fun so like get to the point where i'm doing like only one or two gigs a week but it's for like a couple of thousand teenagers would be a lot of fun uh although i don't know if we'll ever do that because of covid uh so i don't know kind of doing what i'm doing now but with more naps would be would be nice
1: all right thanks for that dave we're now going to play one of the last dave's last song of choice the middle by jimmy eastworld that was the middle by jimmy eastworld
0: uh, well unfortunately Dave that's all we have time for. Thank you very much for joining us. And thank you Aaron yeah. that tuned in. Thanks
2: so much guys, thanks for having me.
0: Recording
2: yeah, stopped.
0: All right, thank you